Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tome Travelers, a science fiction fantasy book club podcast. We did it this time. <laughs> uh, this is episode 23, and we're going to be continuing our discussion on The Blinding Knife by Brent Weeks. Uh, I think last episode we mentioned that we were going to stop at 65. We lied. We read all the way through 67 because Dylan thought that's what we said. I swear. <laughs> Um, yeah, despite there, me telling you multiple times, multiple times in the group chat, to have been a reason why sixty-seven was stuck in my head. Hey, well, it, was, it honestly, it's a pretty it, good it point. From Whatever, I'll make a Facebook post about it before this episode airs, so people will know. Yeah, I mean, it'll also be in the title of the episode too. So I hope yeah. we watch the old video or the the first video, and you said sixty-seven. I hope that's what insert happens. clip of me saying sixty-five. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, before we get into our discussion and stuff, we have a couple of announcements as always our discord link is in the description of the YouTube video, which you can join. Um, and we are also announcing next month's book, the month of November. Yes. Dylan, what is it? It's going to be red rising. Uh, I've already read it. They haven't it's amazing book. I think it'll be a really good one. Uh, it'll be a fun read. And uh, Lotbringer just came out not too long ago, so it'll kind of go into that. Dope. Is is Red Rising? Is it fantasy, sci-fi? Sci-fi. I don't sci-fi. Bet I know nothing about it, so I've just heard good things. People are like, "Dude, Red Rising's so good," and I'm like, "All right, man." Yeah, it yeah, it's amazing. It's a uh, better Hunger Games. Ooh. Okay. I've heard the characters get traumatized repeatedly. I can't I wait. Kind of grim I get to relive my yeah, stormlight moments. Yeah, just trauma yeah. after trauma. Um, but yeah, and then we also have our fantasy question. Whitson, hit us with it. What is your favorite piece of sci-fi tech? Any world. All right. I'll take this one first. I had two, but I think I'm going to go with the one that is not obvious. So probably one of like my top five favorite movies of all time is Inception. Oh my god, you took mine. No way. <laughs> no way, dude. The, the, the dream the, box? Yeah, the dream oh, box, yeah. bro. Like the, the passive or whatever it is. That's right. I got to back up. I got to back up. Dude, I was thinking... Dude, it was between that and another thing. But yeah, I was going to go with the passive. Just because it's so dope. I love the movie. And the idea of like dream hopping is dope. Yeah. yeah. I love that movie too. And didn't it get like a bad rap when it first came out? Yeah, because you know, I, it was critically acclaimed. I, the thing that it gets a lot of hate for is the like pseudo intellectuals who like you know think they're special because they liked Inception. That's that's kind <laughs> of the memes that I see around it. Well, I love Inception. I love the dream, like being able to craft your own dreams and. Craft well, we're all pseudo intellectuals, so it checks out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Dylan. What's your what was your backup? Uh, my backup is uh, Rick's portal gun from Rick and Morty, man. Wow, okay. Dude, you said Inception and Rick and Morty in the same podcast? Come on. I'm going to attract the wrong kind of audience here. No. Um, speak, man, Rick and Morty is going to be so weird next season. Y'all seen that? They're going to have a completely new cast of voice actors. Really? Because uh, of all the Justin Roiland stuff. I haven't Roland even seen stuff. the newest season. I haven't seen the newest one either. Um, mine, man, I kind of struggled with this one a little bit. I was thinking of the, um, the Mass Effect, the gates in Mass Effect. Oh, yeah, that's, that's um, really cool. 
Halo rings also popped into my head, and then obviously energy swords and lightsabers. I forgot about Mass Dude, that was good stuff. My like yeah. second choice was the dark saber. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the Mass Effect rings. I just like all the all the different ways that uh, different universes like incorporate and justify faster than light travel. It's really cool to me. What were the what were the powers in Mass Effect? The tech powers or whatever. Uh, I forget what they're called, but they're like like, like nanite kind of things. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's technology, right? It's not like phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're like a tech wizard. That would be that'd be really cool. But that's dope. Yeah, I'm curious, What is there like a, I mean, no spoilers, but like, is there like a magic system-esque kind of thing in Red Rising? Um, no. Not so much? Just tech? Tech, yeah. Okay. Is there like a tech equivalent of like magical items? Yes, kind of. Well, okay. no. I mean, I don't know. There's like, so this doesn't really spoil anything, but there's the swords are like, um, they can like become flimsy and solid if that so like so like at one point like it it almost becomes like a whip and it wraps around and then it makes it become solid and it cuts oh okay Does that makes sense interesting that's that's the only thing that popped in my head but i'm just curious i really haven't read much sci-fi i've read dune and i've read the ender series yeah and that's basically it same yeah I'd like to give uh, some more of it a chance. Um, it's just yeah, fine. No, me Ryan too. Yeah. I want to do uh, Leviathan Lakes at some Dude, point. Uh, James S. A. Corey. I have that on my bookshelf, and I've I've wanted to get. Wow, I've wanted to get into it for a long time, but. Yeah, we definitely need some more sci-fi. Oh yeah, if that's something you want us to do on the podcast, let us know down in the comments, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and drop uh, some sci-fi books, uh, some recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of the forty, the Warhammer uh, books, because those deal with a lot of like different races and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, like, I feel like those would be really cool. We'd have to find like the good ones, but I would be down to honestly I'd, read one oh, of those. Dude, I'd be so down. Warhammer lore is sick, dude. I I get those nah, YouTube like recommendation videos yeah, that are like, four like, hours long, and they're like yeah. the history <laughs> of the Thousand Suns, and I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but I'm grabbing the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's um, so much. There's like so many different races in that too. Yeah, I think. no, it's crazy, and it's like magical. It's like semi-magical. A lot yeah. of it. Well, it's I like mean, necromancy and, and yeah. shit happening in space. Um, kind of, uh, kind of reminds me of Doom a little bit. Like that's kind like of just what ritualistic it is. Satanism in space. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you guys have a fantasy question you want us to answer, let us know down in the comments or join our discord <clears throat> and join the discussion there, uh, where you can chat with us a bit more and, uh, ask us questions and things like that. Get involved. Um, but with all of that, we're going to go ahead and jump into episode 23 of the, the Tome Trap. Am I doing yeah, this? this Sorry, yeah. you doing it? <laughs> I can do it. I'll I'll do it. Um, so we, chapter three, we jump right into it, go straight into the action. Uh, Kip is at the Chrome area on Big Jasper. He's taking Blackguard training courses, classes, and uh, doing like Chrome area drafting stuff. 
Uh, he's stretched really thin between Andros Guile and Janice and all of these new big players that we've we've met and got to learn a little bit more about. Uh, meanwhile, Gavin is on Sears Island with Karis, trying to make a place for the refugees. Um, he has a, a sit down with the seer, um, learn some critical information about the blue bane, um, where it's going to be in the sea. And he goes hunting and he spends a large, large portion of his time trying to find the bane after he gets to the base set up for the refugees. And then Dazen finally manages to break free of the green cell at the very end of the last chapter we read. And it seems like this attempt is going to be a little more successful than his previous yeah, he one. Sees the different, he sees the different rooms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So He's like, that's not going to So you guys think that Dazen is going to like fully escape by the end of this book? or? <laughs> I think we're going to see some different moves that way. I don't know if he'll fully escape because... Uh... I mean, Surely Gavin got like has some backup plans, but oh yeah, right. Gavin's so clever that I'm hoping there's another layer to it, you know. And also, just knowing what we know about Dazen, it I I kind of want him to suffer. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but I could see him escaping. I could see him I joining just, I, the Color Prince. Like, uh, or well, I was gonna say I feel like right now in the story, there's not really a spot for him. But yeah. I feel like we're working to uh, where. We're, there will be soon and yeah. so i feel like maybe uh even at the end of this book maybe maybe he gets out but there's a spot for him or gavin goes to like because gavin says at one point that he might need him to help balance things out again right so yeah but well, i just want to say i love the fact that we're playing magic the gathering in a fantasy book yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I literally, so like, I thought it was like going to be like a poker top game or something. That's what I thought we too. Started, we started having different colors and we're throwing out spells and I'm just like, okay, I'm so down for this. And then it becomes like an integral part of the story, like right. a huge part of the story. <laughs> and I think it's really cool that it's like how, how people are testing each other. You know, like wealthy people play poker against each other and yeah. it's like, oh, it gives you the measure of a man. But like, that's how Andros Guile is treating this Magic the Gathering. Yeah game in their world and yeah. also the fact that only the mirrors can make original cards is is yeah. really cool yeah really cool. yep uh because like i thought once they had that scene i even thought like maybe these are like tarot cards or something but no nah, they're like straight up like like magic cards like everyone's got their own abilities and stuff and yeah and stats and I, yeah. I love tcgs so like i'm sitting there trying to figure out the mechanics and like <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, I was like, like, can we get a Gwent out of this game or out of this book? Can we get a Gwent? Well, I was thinking, like, you know how Magic does, or like recently they've been doing, um, like outstretching, like they did Lord of the Rings magic, they did Warhammer magic. Yeah. Imagine straight up they do like uh, Lightbringer magic and they just start cool. bringing in the names of the cards that they have named in here. That'd be funny. That'd be really cool. You know, I'd buy the whole set. Um, Same time. <laughs> Oh, and the mirrors are kind of like prophetic, right? And they're yeah. they're well, part of the religion. Yeah, so like well, we find out there's what seven seven of these like chosen people with the prism at the top. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't really know who the other ones are, right? It's we know that there's the prism, the seer, and the mirror, and we don't know the yeah. other ones. Well, see, I was gonna say like we have whole new like 
like we didn't hear anything about these people in the first book, really. Oh, and, and the Lightbringer, I guess. And the Lightbringer. And yeah. now we've got like all these like like they're all popping up. Like this seems like it's gonna be a really important time. We got the seer, um, who seems to be like leading Gavin to where he needs to be. We got the mirror who's kinda leading Kip to where he needs to bring and we're assuming that Kip's gonna bring the light. I don't have a mirror anymore, this... I'll tell you that much. Well, fair enough. <laughs> but we I mean I'm assuming Kip's gonna be the, the the light bringer, like all this stuff keeps happening that is predicted for the light bringer to happen. Oh but yeah. At the well, same I mean... time, like it's almost too easy because it's like everyone's predicting it to be him. Even Andros is like, Oh, you think you're the light bringer? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Janice's last words were I now know who the light bringer is. is. Yeah. Right. And then but and death. we'll see, and that makes me think it's not Kip because if if it was Kip, she she would have said, uh, "I now I know you're the Lightbringer" or something like that. You know, she would have used him in the tents. I feel like maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, it was the last thing she said right before she died. Yeah, like I don't know. I think divine Which inspiration hit her. Like she was looking into Kip's face, you know, when it, when she said it. So it's Fair like. Enough. I don't know. You could be right. You could definitely yeah. be right. It could be like a subversion. Um, but just so much of the, the the prophetic stuff lines up with Kip. Also, we thought the Chosen One story was just going to be him becoming the Prism, and uh, and this yeah. kind of like steps up the ante a little bit. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah, a whole lot. Well, and so the way I kind of see it going, well, I think it'd be cool to be it this way. Is like Kip starts like preparing to be the Lightbringer or whatever, figures out he's not, and it's his half-brother, Karis's kid, or something like that. And so then now Zyman? he's in this... You mean? Zyman, if, yeah. If, <laughs> if, That's if, what I'm saying. If Zyman is Karis's kid. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I want to know speaking. what the guile breeding stock is. If, the, if Zyman is Karis's son, that means there are four full-spectrum polychromes in two generations. We'll see, and I was going to say, now we know that that's a thing. We didn't know that was a thing. Like, it, they talked about polychromes, but we, we didn't know you could be a full-spectrum polychrome in the yeah. first book. Like, yeah. I feel like the second book has, like, opened our eyes to this kind of this world, like, of all those things that could happen. Well, and that's what we were asking for at the end of the first book, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, that was my biggest complaint, was I felt like it didn't do a good job of fully explaining everything. But it's doing a lot more better of a job doing it in this book. So yeah, well, an another one of the things that I really wanted that happened in the like in chapter three was uh, some Kip growth, and I like how Gavin and is like he, we're gonna go throw him in the deep end and like he's gonna sink or swim, and may, we're gonna for we're gonna force him to grow, um, and I really like that. Like he's not getting babied or anything. Like he's getting. Uh, He's getting thrown into this high society where he's got to like learn how to deal with Andros. He's got to learn how to deal with all these uh, rich kids. He's got to learn how to deal with uh, blackguard training and all the like. It's it, it's forcing him to uh, grow as a person like really mm -hmm. quick. I, I really, really like love him. Kip yeah. as a as a main character, as a chosen one, um, even as you know a fifteen year old or a sixteen year old or whatever. He just he has more agency and he's more intelligent than most. Yeah. Uh, chosen one main characters that I've come across, like Randall Thor could never, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I love Rand. Don't get me wrong, but he could never. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
his his flaws are very admirable. Yeah. yeah. I just wish Kip, Kip would start seeing it too and get some of that some of that self-confidence he really needs cuz that's like his major downfall right now is like he's doing all these things like he is super intelligent and like he's figuring all this stuff out and even then like he's like uh not letting people pick on him anymore. We see him break the bully's arm. Um and then also like he's not really doing as bad as he thinks he's doing in his blackguard training. Like he needs no, to He's doing really more. well so far. Yeah. He needs to get a little bit more fit, but as far as the fighting's going, like, he's using his brain to beat people, or he's using, like, just because he doesn't have the, like, martial arts abilities or whatever that these other kids have, he's still winning and staying. Yeah, like, he's outthinking everyone. and right. Well, as so, a dude like, that grew up big, I mean, that, that insecurity is real. You know, it right, feels genuine right. to me. Right. No, I agree. Like, don't, like, like, self-confidence is a hard thing to get back once you've been put down that much, and like I understand where he's coming from. I just I'm wondering like because I I feel like he's at some point he's got to like break that hump to become yeah. like the chosen one. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering what's going to like be that final like thing that's like, hey, I'm not as like so. What if I'm a little bit bigger? Like I've got so much other things going. It's gonna like, be I'm, his I'm, his I'm Kung Fu Panda Poe moment. Yeah, yeah, his Poe moment. <laughs> well, uh, I just I'm imagine gonna... that he's not going to be like chubby by the end of the Black Guard thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, you assume think... not. Yeah. I think he's just going to be fit by the end of or, the hard stuff. Hear me out. Or he just, for somehow, some reason, there's something about, like, his halo won't break, and so he just goes green golem all the time whenever, like, he's in a fighter scenario like that. So he doesn't even need to get fit. Well, and, I mean, it could theory, be. If he becomes too, a prism, like, Right. Yeah, if he becomes yeah. Prism, he can just go Green Golem. I mean, Gavin's dying. Well, or also in theory, like losing his power. The whole reason people don't go Green Golem is because they're worried about dying. Well, that's not really Kip's thing. Like Kip doesn't care. Like yeah. he's like, yeah. I just want to be useful. So if he if he can be useful by going Green Golem, I feel yeah. like he will every time. Well, they said like I think it was like you can go Green Golem three to four times before your Halo will just fully break. Yeah. Which is uh, not a lot. Which Loki, I was thinking about side tangent. I was thinking about that because it's like you aren't like people can't train in Green Golem, and so it's like if the only people who are like pretty much trained or like equipped to fight in Green Golem well are on the verge of death. Like that's probably their last time before they're dying. So they're going all out anyways, which I just thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I think he's smart enough though that he's gonna figure out other ways to use his Luxon. Because like even right there at the end it was or not the end, but like in one of the, his fighting matches it was talking about how he trained for one night and read and figured out like the sticky properties could be used to trap his opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which uh, also you're not uh, a drafter of a color unless you can draft a stable Luxon. Right, we found mm -hmm. we found that out. Right, like any of the drafters can draft any color; they just can't make a stable version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but Kip drafted a stable version of red, so now he is red, sub red, uh, green, and blue. We've and seen him draft four. Did he do something with yellow? If he did, um, I don't remember it. Doesn't he um, do do super violet too? He can see it, but he hasn't okay. drafted it yet. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, well, and that's something that no one's talking about either. Like, well, like his opponent said, oh, I didn't know you could draft red. But, like, no one's talking about the fact that that wasn't one of the colors that was in his, his threshing thing. He's not even yeah. saying anything about it. So it's like, when are they going to notice that, you know? I think they're yeah, already taking notice. Well, I was going to say, Andros for sure knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we see we, we see a lot more Andros, and we see how conniving he is, and like. Well, he uh, also asked him. He's like, "Did you draft sub red? Did you draft yeah. fire?" And Kip tells him, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, do we want to talk about Tia? I feel I, I don't want to get off Kip without talking about Tia. Uh yeah, we can. The um, the color that she drafts. Is it yeah, above? Yeah. Is it above super violet on the spectrum? The, the no, it's, it's it's or uh, below sub red. Is that what it's, it's called? Below sub red. It's below, below sub red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, she's got like X-ray infrared vision top shit. Um, yeah. Is it pyron? And we see called? that it can pyron. I think. Yeah. And we see that it can be. We see the assassin use it like you can sharpen it and like use it to kill people. Yeah, he and, he gave somebody a stroke with it. Yeah, he, he pierced her skin and, like, dropped a stone in it. Um, and I think it's really cool that it's introducing, like, these other colors. Because, obviously, there are other colors, like... Right. In the rainbow or whatever, when you combine color, you know, whatever. They're just forbidden um, or... They're, they're yeah. heretical, Yeah, is, right. uh, is what they were saying. That was um, their justification for, like, not, not acknowledging them as other heretical that, colors. Like, that like completely opens up the world and the magic system because it's like I guarantee there's more than just this one other color that people are drafting, and she right. and, and we see that it's really useful. Like the black guard wants her because she can see through clo or clothes, she can see like hidden weapons, um, right. and then she made a really good spy because they could mark like she can see stuff that nobody else can see. Yeah, presumably the black guard doesn't even know about that, right? That they could make markers on targets and track mm -hmm. people that way. Yeah. And she sees it as useless color, but I mean, to me, it's really useful. And um, yeah, I feel like I think I she's like, going to come in handy later in the story. Yeah. And I feel like Kip. her, and, I feel like her and Kit make a really good team too. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like their pairing. I like that there's not any melodrama. Also, yeah, I think that's one it's... thing that Brent Weeks does really well, where it's like there, there's melodrama sometimes, but it feels justified. And like generally speaking, there's not that much melodrama. There's drama. Yeah. Not yeah. melodrama. Yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, see her. She goes from, uh, she gets her slave contract bought by, by Kit. Well, he, he wins yeah, it. Yeah, he wins it. So, but she, before that, she was kind of in a shitty spot with her mm -hmm. her owner. Um, and I'm wondering, like, how that's going to resolve. Because I don't feel like it's just going to be left as he is. No, I think there's going to be some revenge, some retaliation from right. her previous owner because she hates andros guile so much right and she was tortured to get the contract so it's like it's not i feel like something's got to be done but yeah i, I kind of want to talk about that too because who's this guy that, that andros sent to torture because we kind of see some superhuman abilities in this it's not just magic like we see the shimmer cloaks which i mean that is magic but um did it say that he had one the guy that tortured uh her owner because it I don't said think she, so it, yeah but he he moved super fast like it said like before, yeah he like, got up uh, to the second story and through a window with guards chasing him and they didn't notice so i mean who who knows maybe he has a shimmer cloak i was just thinking that 
he was just that much better than her house guards. Uh, right, but yeah. I thought it said he had superhuman speed. Or it, like, hinted at it or something. I mean, because it kind of. She she said yeah. that it should be impossible that he would be there. Yeah, well, that, and it, oh, when he's in the room, like, he shows it to her. He, like, moves faster than her eyes can keep up with or something. Um, When, like, mm -hmm. she first, like, walks in the room, like, he threatens her and uh, she tells him to leave or something. He just kind of, like, appears on the other side of the room or something. Huh. I don't know. I, did, I didn't catch that if I... If that's in there. I remember him being terrifying. The the teeth thing made yeah. me think of Glockta. Yeah. Uh, the chapter, but, this just a road between two dentists. That's yeah. one of the best um, chapters ever. But like it, it make it definitely makes sense that Andros has someone like that in his his back pocket because like he's not gonna be uh uh vulnerable having to stay in his room without people that can uh handle stuff on the outside for him yeah, yeah to maintain as much power as he has he has to have some agents on the outside a lot of agents on the outside yeah because uh, he has a terrifying amount of control yeah for Especially someone who can't leave his, room. can't leave his room yeah yeah, yeah. and the fear he that everyone fears him That's like what it's I'm not like it's not few and far in between like everyone is scared of this guy like yeah. that's like I said it like the first time we met him he gives off Tywin Lannister vibes, but like yeah even more so. Is it weird that I'm I've kind of started to like him a little bit though? You no, know? I do. I do too. Like he's 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 been cruel to Kip a couple times, but by well, and large like... he's been pretty fair to him. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like he. I feel like. He's teaching Kip stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't feel yeah. like he, I don't honestly don't feel like, well, he even says he, he likes Kip, but like, yeah. I don't feel like he's doing all that stuff to Kip to be cruel. Like, I feel like right. he's trying to teach. Him. Well, right. and you he's also just, know he's, he's just more human than I thought he would be. Yeah. Well, uh, you also know he's like, a man of his like, word because like Kip beat him and instead of like screwing Kip over, he was like, all right, here you go. Yeah. He obviously has anger issues, but I think that's part of his color because he's like right. close to breaking his red halo. Um, or he's already broken it oh, yeah, and he's a awesome. white and that's why he lives in the um, darkness is because he doesn't want anyone to know but uh uh yeah i think like even disowning kip like i feel like that was like showing kip that like trying to teach kip to like he had to deal with shit on his own like he didn't he couldn't like fall back on his dad's name or the gal name yeah he didn't um, want yeah. kip to turn into a spoiled well my daddy's yeah. the prism and, so and so we also see that as like everything he does has a has a purpose, and I think mm -hmm. Kip even says that like he doesn't do anything for no reason. So like I don't feel like he did that stuff just to be cruel. Like I feel like he had a purpose behind everything that he's done. Yeah, I think even banning him from the practicum and making him learn drafting on his own. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, the the thing that makes Gavin. You know, beside the prism and being able to split light, yada, yada, yada. The thing that makes Gavin special is that he doesn't give exactly. a shit what anybody else is doing. Right. Like, right. He, he drafts outside the box. And I feel like right. they're, they're going to teach Kip what's inside the box and, like, limit his point of view. Right. I agree with that. Yeah, I might be giving him too much credit on that, but I, I really think that's kind of the idea. Because Gav Gavin like had to get it from somewhere, right? Yeah. I, I feel like he's honestly just that intelligent. and th I mean, there's a reason that he's so feared and, like, he's got so much power. Like, yeah, I I, I agree. And I like you said, I, I feel like I like him, too. 
but yeah. where do we think oh. that's going to go? Because we see we see that he tells Kip that he didn't kill uh, Janice, and that Janice was kind of a friend to him. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I can't tell if Brent Weeks is trying to mislead us and like human like humanize Andros just to make the rug pull rug pull that much better. Um, when Andros is you know Turns evil or some kind of big yeah. bad or is a white um, or or if Andros is just legitimately more human than we were led to believe. Yeah. Uh, well, so we we know Kip's got to play him two more times. Once for Kip's future, and then the other thing we don't know. But, Do we think that he's going to play with this new deck that he got, the deck of originals that he got from Janus? I think he might save it for the for the last one. Maybe. I don't think he wants Andros to know anything about it, so I don't know if he'll use it. Yeah. Because uh, the Butler's not going to fall for that same water trick, so he's not going to be able to switch decks. It's true, but do you think Andros is like? Uh... I don't, I, Andrew strikes me as a man of conviction, even if it's not always, uh, always the most moral or ethical thing. Like he's not going to. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that he would just take the cards from Kip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if Kip, if Kip beat him fair and square. I, I think he would a hundred percent. Because like I know for a fact, if he found out Kip had the knife, he'd get the knife. Yeah, I don't know what. Sure, know yeah. Why. Which I don't know why. Actually, hey, so actually, mm -hmm. no. you go. I was gonna say like, cause right before, uh, like Kip goes to Iron Fist's room, and then he's like, I I need to go talk to Andros. He just takes the dagger and throws it on the bed, and then leaves to go talk to Andros. There's no mention of the dagger after that, which makes yeah, there me is. He, there he, is. He shows it. Yeah, he shows it to. Uh... Okay. I must have that right over that. The second, the second he said that he tossed the dagger on the bed and left, I was like, someone's stealing it, and that's going to be the plot of the rest of the book. <laughs> well, when no, I'm pretty sure it's still there. When it disappears from the chest, it's like, uh-oh. Uh yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, uh, he shows it to uh, Iron Fist, and it's like, because he tells Iron Fist about all that, and then... um. Uh, he's like, oh, I've got one more thing to tell you, and he shows him the dagger, and that's where it ends from what we've read so far. Gotcha. Yep. So do we think Iron Fist is going to bring it to Gavin's attention? Like, maybe Gavin's going to get his blue back after all? Or do we think Gavin's just on a downward spiral maybe. at this point? That's, that's like assuming Iron Fist knows what it is. I think Gavin's just on sure. a downward spi spiral. So, so, like, so what if um, what if Andros wants it because somehow it makes it to where you like you don't break your halo. Oh, maybe he could give his red drafting to the dagger and not have to worry about breaking the halo. Oh. Wow. Yeah, what I hadn't thought like, about that. Yeah. What if it like what if it can be controlled and it drains it like it can drain the like the halo. Yeah, it can drain the halo and make it to where he can use magic again. Yeah, well, I think it just steals the color entirely. If yeah, if you get because Gavin's unable to well, do I mean, blue. Well, that's what that's what people are who don't know what the dagger is or know how to use it are doing. What if I mean we don't know like I don't know what if you twist the one of the jewels <laughs> two times and stab it in and it gives mm -hmm. them that color. I mean we don't know we don't know anything about it. That's true. Yeah, we yeah. don't. But Andros, I guarantee, does. 
Well, yeah. and so does Dazen. Yeah. Prisoner. Yeah, so does the prisoner. So stubborn. It even reaffirmed in this book. No, this mm -hmm. guy is Gavin. This guy is Dazen. Yeah, but like, so like, I, I think differently than y'all because like, in my head, they're who they originally were, and like, I just keep <laughs> up with who they're pretending to be. Yeah. Because what are y'all going to do when they switch back? Because I know they're going to at some point. I think, I genuinely think, like, let's say Dazen escapes. I think by the time he escapes, Gavin's dead. You think so? But mm. I could see a I scenario know. where, because he's dead, Dazen slips in and pretends to be, I don't know. It'd be weird. He's definitely got a prisoner's body right now, so. Yeah. Well, speaking of Gavin, um, what do we what do we think about what's going on with Gavin? We start with Karis, I guess. So, do we think he's going to tell her the truth? Well, she knows the truth. Granted, well, right, but she's waiting for him to admit it. Right, yeah. he, and he doesn't know for sure what she knows. Yeah. Um. I'll. So, like, he's building this place for these refugees. Um. He's running into the seer. But, like, I feel like there's a lot more important stuff to be doing right now. Okay, I was going to say, like, I'm going to be honest. I really just, like, I got to a Gavin chapter, and I just kind of zoned out while I read it. Just because I wanted to get back to the Kip storyline. Um, I think it got better towards, like, the end of this section. When, like, he started going on the hunt for the for the white and stuff. And, like, the fight was pretty dope. Um, but I was... I, I, I... I was enthralled with the Gavin chapters. So, I feel like a bunch of them were... Uh, Exposition? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like dialogue between him and Karis and like seeing where they're at. And mm -hmm. um, uh, I think like those chapters were kind of there to like show that they're working through some stuff. Um, and then we see the seer come up and she calls Karis the wife. Um, which is interesting. Uh, so I'm thinking, and she talks about how like they need to make up basically. Um, and so I'm wondering where that's gonna go because the seer's obviously seen a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the seer's a really cool character. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like she's gonna be really important before it's all said and done. Um. I don't talk about how he kills a god with just like a quick little sword slash. Like Yeah, the Bane was the big part I wanted to to touch on. It seems like, like he handled that pretty Well, I, like I mean he did harder. catch it. He he caught it right before it hatched, right? Yeah. That's why the seer told him get there before noon. Um and that, that realization that Gavin had of like, oh, Oh, I can just go in a straight line. I don't have to go two hours north and three hours, you know, or whatever it was, three yeah. hours north, two hours. He was like, I can just cut in a straight line and get there quick enough. As um, crow flies. Yeah, and he he gets there right as the bane is about to hatch, and it seems like these blue whites are like feeding the bane in some mm -hmm. way, or like it needs They're their. The blue. They're uh. And they could just be like redirecting the blue, but yeah, like, it seems like they're almost like, photosynthesizing for the bane. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
I also didn't think like we were gonna run into like an actual like god and like that quick. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, didn't see that one coming. Like I thought like we were gonna show up and they're gonna be a bunch of whites or you know some other problem. But no, there's just a god chilling in some blue when <laughs> we cut his head off. Well, I think I think this was set up, right? I think this was Brent Week saying this is the threat that's on the horizon. I think the next one's gonna hatch. I think yeah. the next one is gonna go free and you know fuck some shit up. Whatever color uh, well, Gavin loses next, I think it's so, gonna go wild. But what if that's what happens with the prisoner? Is like these gods start popping up, and uh, the prism needs help, and so he's just like, "Hey." I've got to let you go because I can't do this by myself. And hopefully, like, you can brush some of this shit on the rug for a second and we can handle it out later. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I could see that. Also, do, I mean, after 16 years in prison, do we think Dazen has learned anything? I mean, surely he's been introspective at some point in this time, he right? Pretty, he seems pretty stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just a horrible person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't want anything uh, good to ever happen to him. I mean, I don't know if he's a horrible person. He raped two women? What do you mean? Okay. It hasn't been proven that he did that to Kip's mom. We don't know Well, that that's story. true. Yeah. That's true, but I mean, and it's, she was also it, it's pretty in like, line with, with, with everything else we know about him. Yeah, and she was also, like, writing to him, saying, like, hey, you need to come meet your son, and, like, I don't feel, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot more to that one. Yeah. Well, we and, also know that he was just prone to violence and an arrogant prick in the first right, place. Right, Well, and so, you know. so, I agree, like, that, those aren't good qualities, but I feel like that was mainly part of um, the way he was raised, like, he was raised to be the prism, and it's like, you know how people in power when they've had power yeah, like that. Sure. They're raised like that. Um, He's just the only person know. in the whole cast that is that has no humanity. Yeah. Well, like, even I Andrew Skyle well, has been should, humanized at well, this point. Well, I was thinking, right. like... You don't know he... his true character out of... Like, I, I don't feel like we know his true character, because... Because he's mad. Um, I, well, well, that, he's mad, and he's been in prison for so long, he's half crazy, but also, like, before that, like, he was, half? like... he. Well, he was a god, you know, and yeah, that kind of fall from grace, right? He when he when he come when he comes back into reality, he's got this son, all this bad stuff's going on. He's spent time like he's lived in his own piss. Like I feel that, like well, that's what I'm saying. I hope that that if he does get out, that he has been humbled and he's been introspective yeah. and realized, you know, I was this this happened because I was a violent, arrogant asshole and. You know, I was jealous of my brother, so here we are, basically. Yeah. I, I was going to say, we also learned that he's the one that set up Karis's brother's thing. They were going to kill him. Yeah. They were yeah. Kill, uh, the prism. Um, and he set it up, because he found out they were running away together. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, like, he is, like, he's basically mad, and that's also what whites are. Is like, once their halos break, they go mad. And so he's just a white whose halo hasn't broken. Well, and so the whites go mad because they lean into their color and so like they they think with the way that color thinks. And I think that's one reason the color prints 
is a lot more normal is because he's got a lot more colors, so mm-hmm. he thinks a lot of different ways. Whereas you have a, like a mono blue color white, all they think is like super rash. Reason, reason, reason. Right. right. You have a mono green, all they're doing is wild shit. Um, so mono I think the red polychrome. Let's just burn everything down. Or subred. They're angry. So like I think the pol- the polychromes have it a lot easier when they turn into whites because they got like they still lean into their colors, but like they've got the rationality, they've got the wild like the it's uh, all kind of blending together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides the color prints, we really haven't seen a bichrome or polychrome white. Yeah. Right? That we Am know. Crazy? No, like the ones that we've seen, they've all leaned to one color. Yeah. That that I can think of that I believe. I mean, I don't. I can't think of one other than the color prints. And I'm curious to see have... if Karis breaks the halo if she's yeah. like green red or just red. I think she's gonna be just red because it feels that's what it feels like she's leaning towards now. Yeah, she doesn't really um, use green see... as much. Right, right. But the green's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think I think uh, we've got a lot more to learn. I'm wondering if we're going to get to learn it in this book because you got to think there's still three more books after this. Yeah. Yeah, I think the next book is called The Burning White. Also. Uh no, that's the last book. The next book the, is called uh, the, the Broken Eye. The Broken well, Eye. So okay. we know we know the White's dying now too. So like this this whole world's about to get shifted from that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're in the lead-up to something big in the Gavin story, and the Kip story is kind of peaking. Yeah. Um, like, maybe the Gavin story is the overarching story of the of the, yeah. the whole series that Kip will become involved in, and then yeah. Kip's personal journey is kind of going up right, right now. We got Kip's, yeah. like, coming-of-age story. Do we think he's going to kill the Blue? I don't know. I think he's going to outsmart the whole situation and just get him... Um, like denounced you know discredit him in some way so and i don't remember the meeting the spectrum meeting because so Mm -hmm. i don't remember who i don't remember who the blue was so i could be completely wrong with this but what if gavin is actually really good friends with the blue and like told him like hey i told him to either blackmail you or kill you i want you to test him and see how he does could be the case yeah I don't really understand Gavin's, Gavin's motivation when it comes to the guy. And, yeah, well, he said that he needed a stronger leader in blue or something. Right. Um, but, like, why just blue? Yeah, why just blue? Well, and I mean, his father is the leader of red. Right. Well, I was going to say, either way you look at it, and blue's the opposite of red, though. So you yeah. would think that you would think that the blue and the red would have different viewpoints, so he would want the blue on his team. So, like, I feel like uh, we got to learn a lot more about the political dynamics and who's, you know, with who. But, but Andros controls most of it, so you would think he would pick one of Andros's people. And the blue might be one of Andros's people. I don't know, but I can't remember how the spectrum meeting went in the first book. I can't remember who was who and who was voting for what. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that it had to do too with like what houses they came from and like what lands they came from, but I don't remember like anything else well i was gonna say either way you look at it i feel like the spectrum should almost not even like i feel like if gavin was really doing something he'd just get rid of the whole spectrum yeah and he'd use his power as the the emperor the primarchos the primarchos and just take yeah. control 
Well, he has to be Primarchos to have that level of power, and I think I don't think he can just declare himself Primarchos. Right. I think the Spectrum and the White both have to give it to him. Right. Um, what else is going on with Gavin? Is there anything else? Talked about the Bane, Karis, and the Seer. That's pretty much it, right? Not yet. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um... Oh, he's making a lot more stuff out of yellow now, which is interesting, because yellow is yeah. kind of permanent. Um, but since well, he can't he use blue... Right. He's using yellow and green more. Um, I think he so really I think it's interesting. Blue, which, yeah, which, he really misses his blue, I'm sure. It shows you how much he used to use blue, because every time he do, goes to do something, he's like, oh man, I wish I could use blue, because I used to do this with blue. And Yeah. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's the most all-purpose Luxon. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to Liv. Uh, Man, yeah. she's just kind of like, she's just kind of like buying into the Color Prince's bullshit. Which honestly, is it, though? I was about he's to say, I was about to say, is it? <laughs> but I yeah. feel like I feel like both. So I feel like that, that we're in a weird spot because I feel like both sides have good points and bad points, and I feel like. Mm -hmm. I like Almost that about like this the book. real world, I, yeah, because because yeah. it's like we Still can don't take know who the good guy is. yeah, well, like we can take a podcast like this where we all just are siding differently and like have different opinions and be based in like the actual like. No, nah, I'm kind of with Liv on this one. No, nah, I kind of I'm kind of with yeah. Gavin on this one. And... So I almost feel like there's gonna be like a third faction that pops up where it's like, uh, like Gavin and the people who don't necessarily agree with the. The crumb area or the, the color area prints. or the color prints and then people from both sides are going to join that faction and then we got a three-way war but yeah because i think Liv, i think Liv kind of falls into that because she's like she's agreeing with a lot of the color princes like good ideas where it's like hey we don't need slaves and we don't need uh to kill uh, our family members and all that but then she's also disagreeing with like all the violence and all the yeah. conniving shit that he, she she sees him doing because like even at one point when she starts like using uh ultraviolet to think she's like hey you lie a lot don't you <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was really yeah. funny well when those when those um the the criers that he sent ahead of them were martyred they were hung um yeah. he uses that as his justification to invade and she's like well you're gonna do this anyways yeah. You're gonna you're gonna do it regardless. What does it matter? Like, why are you making a dramatic scene out of it? You were just gonna yeah. do it regardless. Yeah. Uh, but then you know, I don't think that he's being unreasonable in in saying like, oh, well, it's a morale booster for the men, right? To say like, we're going to get revenge. It's like they he's see a, these he, people. Yeah, I mean, he's a general. Like, he's he's thinking he's not thinking of moral ways to win a war. He's just thinking like, hey, I want to win on this a war. So yeah. like hashtag dial. for moral purpose. I mean, he he I, I don't think he's too off base with the color whites. Right. Because we've seen some color yeah. whites who are still perfectly sentient. Yeah. Uh, well, even, uh, you know, I, well, there's no telling we if they stay about, that way. But well, I was going to say we were talking about how uh, the purple bear's sister, I forgot her name. She's still alive. She broke her halo, but she's still alive. And she's sitting here thinking like very clearly and like, hey, I'm going to try to stay alive so I can kill uh kill the color prints mm -hmm. so like i don't know i feel like i agree i feel like there's more to it and i feel like the chromaria is like definitely like not in the right in a lot of things yeah yeah well, well i we mean also it's just the end of the chapter of the end of the chapter with the sister um you can see the slippery slope though 
Right. right. She's talking about she... making the lenses for her eyes. And then, she, you know, she's thinking about Luxon versus Flesh. And you can see how it could very easily spiral out of control. Well, and that's what, and that's what, too, she's like, she was going to kill herself. And then she's like, but I could stay alive just a little longer and maybe accomplish this. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're, that could definitely turn into like, well, now I'm, there's no reason for me to, yeah. 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 I agree. Also, um, she knows, um, she knows that Dazen became Gavin. Right. She's the one that had the affair with Gavin, right? Or the prisoner. Yeah. She, she had the affair with Gavin. Yeah. Um, how many yeah, how many she, bastards does Gavin have floating around? Also, we don't know. Yeah, we don't I'm know. Just we don't know. I mean, if they're all, if all of them are full spectrum polychromes, they could have an army of little guiles running around. Baby guiles. Yeah, Andros definitely was up to something. Yeah, he he had to have done something magical or otherwise. Got some, uh, Formula X or whatever. Yeah. Which is the biggest reason I think Zyman is is a guile. The fact that yeah. he's also a full-spectrum polychrome. Well, I think Zyman... I don't know if he's a guile. I think he's Karis's. Which would make him a guile. I just don't know how he's Karis's. Well, no, Gavin's... He would be Gavin's son, Kip's half-brother. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... Karis said that she got sense. rid of it because it wasn't... It wasn't guile's. No, was she got rid of it because Gavin raped her. <laughs> oh... Yeah, she was oh, like, man. I never want to see him again. I never want to have any reminder of this shit. Like, get it gone. Gotcha. Um, I don't remember saying that. That's exactly, go back. I'm telling you. That's why I think Gavin is a deplorable, you know, OG Gavin Dazen now, the prisoner, is a deplorable piece of shit, and I hope he just gets tortured for the rest of the series. Yeah. <laughs> Because it explicitly says two different times that he has raped two different women. Uh, that we know of. He is a deplorable piece of shit. Uh, maybe 16 years in the can has given him some perspective, but I still hope he just eats shit for four more or three more books. <laughs> um, yeah, she's kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, though. Liv, she's, she's eating it up for the most part. She's questioned him a little bit, but... I'm not, I'm okay with it. Yeah, he's got some solid points, I, and I can appreciate that uh, that she is questioning him on some of those points where he's like being melodramatic and lying about things. Or yeah, here's my deal. With, here's my deal with Liv though. Um, her reasoning for being there makes zero fucking sense because she left because she thinks that. Uh, the prism is using her to make her dad work for him. But then she leaves and her dad doesn't immediately come find her and be like, Oh, we got away. Like he's still helping the prism. So it's like, like her whole reasoning just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little, I, th I think she almost doesn't buy that reason herself at this point. You know, I think she's just kind of wishy-washy or like on the fence about the whole thing. Like, I think she's buying more into the Color Prince's ideals than, like, the necessity of the situation. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of the necessity of getting away from Gavin so her father can escape, 
it's more that she like just agrees with the color prints and hates the chromaria at this point. Yeah. Well, what other story uh, beats we got? Janice's death, the only, Janice's death is the only thing I can think of. Like, who yeah. killed her? Why? Yeah. I really have no idea. If it's not Andros Guile, I hope it. Could it be, um, what's her name? Aglaia? No. I was thinking maybe it could hmm. be the White for some reason. Where I can see the White. Where are these, where are these Shimmer Cloaks come from? I don't know. Also, don't understand how they work. Like, are they also, like a cloak of invisibility from like Harry Potter? Like you throw them on yeah. and they conceal you, or I think they just bend also, the light around you. The, also, we see that the dagger is almost corporeal because like it doesn't do bodily harm; it just takes drafting. Like he stabs dude in the chest, and like there's no blood or anything, and dude gets up and is still alive, but he lost his powers. Yeah, and we see the same no. thing with Gavin. Gavin didn't have any like mark on him from where he was stabbed. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it seemed solid enough when Kip's describing it. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not made of hellstone, is it? It's, it's, it's so. that pure. It's... it's a pure white stone. Yeah, whatever that it's is. Like a glass or something. I don't know. I, I'm sure we'll learn more about the dagger this book, considering it's called The Blinding Knife. Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just hope that the uh, the point of contention, or like the driving force of the plot being that Kip hasn't talked to Gavin, doesn't continue for a long time. Yeah, I think once Gavin comes back. But I think it's definitely needed, because like Kip's growing on his own. So like it makes right. sense yeah. right now. He need, he needs this time to grow. Yeah, and so I can see like that being like the this is like Kip's story of like him figuring everything out without Gavin, and so like I could see it being a part of the plot. But I agree if it's just like the main reason everything's going to crap, then it's a little it's a little tropey. Yeah, a little like. Oh, these characters haven't communicated, so all of this other shit happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love that as a plot point. Right now, I'm not like tired of it, or, or you know, like yeah. rolling my eyes at it because there's so much stuff going on in the world. It's like easy to believe that all of it's yeah. getting kind of lost in the lost in the sauce. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't continue for like several books or something. Yeah. You know? What do we want from the next half? What are you guys looking for in the next half? Dude. Um oh man. I want so like now that like like that scene with Gavin like in the whites or whatever was dope. I want more of that. More I guess more action. I feel like we've been we've had a lot of like intrigue going on. I want some more action. Um I want, I kind of want Days into Escape. I'd like to see that by the end of the book. Throw a spanner in the works. Yeah. Complicate some stuff. What about you, Dylan? Um, honestly, like, nothing specific. Like, I feel like the book's going in a good direction. The, plot, the mm -hmm. plot's moving along like it should be. Um, as long as it keeps going like it is, I think we'll 
we'll find out more about what we want to know. I think that's the only thing. Like, I'm ready for to learn some more stuff about this, and I think we're going to learn a lot more about uh, like the knife and what's going on in the world because I think Kip's going to dive into those cards more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, the I, only thing yeah, I want from oh god. No, I was just saying I'm pretty happy where things are at. Like yeah. as long as we keep moving forward, the same with the, like the same uh, pace, the plot's moving forward just like I like it. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same spot. I really like it. I, I still really like it. I think these books are so much fun. They are. Uh, they're so fast, so fast. I, yeah. I listened to the first half in uh, like one shift at work on Sunday, and it literally just made my day pass like that. Yeah, uh, I really, I really appreciate that Gavin is struggling right now and like kind of confused about everything, because um, he was kind of on a like a godlike level in the first book. Yeah, and I like that Kip is slowly figuring out that he you know has what it takes and is gaining some confidence, mm-hmm. uh, and is like he he. It's not that he is like automatically amazing at anything but like he's smart enough to figure it out yeah he's finally being accepted too right he's found he's found a group yeah he's which is really going to be really good for his confidence yeah yeah i like where the book's headed cool uh well we can go ahead and wrap up here uh i guess uh next episode we'll be finishing out the book and giving our final thoughts on it so you want to read along with us um as always make sure oh we do tbrs duh yep tbrs yeah um i'll I'll go first i am about 100 pages out from finishing the midnight library with my book club at my school that i work at and then uh i'm about 200 pages into mistborn i still haven't picked up much of it but my goal is to finish this out early this week and then pick up Mistborn and maybe get another 200 pages in so nope. that's where I'm at uh, I'm still I'm 300 pages into Academics Fury I'm about halfway through I haven't made too much progress in it uh, Elric of Melnabone I think I've I've read the first two novellas in the volume uh, really strange to be in present tense and first person perspective all the time but it's like it's pretty cool and then the color of magic by terry pratchett i'm a little over halfway through dragon reborn i'm a little over halfway through yeah thought you're gonna start uh the pariah i plan on it i'm gonna buy the paperbacks instead of getting the audiobooks nice uh let's see Who's i finished tactile readers uh, I finished the the Farseer trilogy, um, the first three books. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, I picked the first one for uh, I think January because I think it's gonna be a really good one to talk about in the podcast. And I hope we do the other two books for the Patreon because I I think it's really good um, and it'll be really good discussions. Um, and then I kind of wanted so I was gonna immediately jump into the fourth book. Um, of that same series, but I found out it's about different people, even though it's in the same world. And I, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna take a little break then. Um, and so I was like looking through uh, Audible, 
and uh, I found like this like genre called lit RPG. Uh, have y'all seen anything about those? Lit RPG? That actually sounds familiar. Is it like a choose your own adventure? No, it's so it's a genre, but it's like a um, so it's like a almost like a like a light novel or like a uh, sword art online type um, okay. genre. So like a lot of it's like um. A lot of it's like either like VR games or something like that, um, but it's like RP, like it's role playing game, uh, fiction or science or fantasy basically. Um, so basically, like uh, in this one I'm reading, it's it's a series. It's called the Ripple System. I read books one and two. Uh, that's the first book. It's called Shade Slinger. Um, but uh, so basically, like this rich dude. The, this new game's coming out in like a fully uh, immersive VR, and he like buys all the copies because uh, like 50 copies get pre-released three days ahead, and he gets a three-day head start. But he like buys all the copies, and like the developer hates that, and so he sticks him with this uh, this uh, axe, which is like a world item that uh, it's an AI. So it's but like he programmed it to hate everything that the uh, guy's doing, and so like they're constantly bickering back and forth, and um. Then, like, when the full game fully comes out, he releases, like, a worldwide message for everybody that's like, hey, this guy has this axe of unbridled knowledge. Uh, If you get it, uh, it's going to really help your game. So, like, everybody hunt him down. It basically makes, like, a manhunt. But, like, basically it's just, like, about him playing the game and, like, uh, when he gets, like, items and stuff, it'll tell you all their stats. And, like, it's like you're you're listening to someone playing a video game, kind of. It's pretty cool. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, something different. And I wanted like a palate cleanser, and I feel yeah. like that's it. I'm probably gonna honestly listen, uh, listen to the last two books. Uh, that that books. sounds like you're reading a Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of that's kind of what it is. Uh, How long are they? Like like five six hours or less 20. than twenty hours? Oh, they're like full on novels. Oh wow, they're, they're full okay. on books. Yeah, and I mean, um, don't get me wrong, some of it's cheesy. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of that's kind of what I was wanting, and I feel. I mean, but I think that's okay. That can be the appeal I mean, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of like really good dialogue. There's character growth. Uh, so like there's, uh, it's funny because it's like him, uh, who's like this really like rational, like wants to be a mage, and then his axe is like this like narcissistic, like hates mages and just wants to like brutally murder things. And then he's <laughs> also got another person in there with him, which is uh, it's his AI that. Uh, is like the best AI in the world, um, and it's he calls it House because it, it basically all it's done so far for him because he got it like gifted to him is run his house even though it can do so much more. Well, it gets integrated into the system, and uh, so like it's like a but it's like a robot like it doesn't know how to be a human, and so like they're all arguing and like so like it takes everything really literally. So like at one point he's like, hey, run outside, make sure the coast is clear so I don't get jumped. And like she like jumps outside and runs all the way to the coast. And <laughs> he like he like checks her position on a mini map and she's at the coast, like checking to make sure the actual coast is clear. So it's funny. It's got a lot of like humorous moments, but That's cool. yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's dope. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. let us know what your guys' TBR are down in the comments. Um. But uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, So make sure you share, like, subscribe, or follow the podcast on your preferred platform. As always, we are on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. So you can share, listen, watch as you you wish. 
Uh, Discord is in the description, and you can follow our TikTok, which is at Tome Travelers Pod. Um, and yeah, got the YouTube comments. Let us know what you guys have thought so far up to this book. Um, and yeah, with that, we will uh, I guess see you all in the next one. Peace. Adios. Adios.